Welcome to Freight of Friday. Mark Danolo here, Art School MBA and CEO of Sales Globe. And it's that day of the week we get to take a fresh look at creative, data-driven problem solving. And in this episode, I want to talk about, in a tough sales environment, why you're not hitting your sales goals. And I want to give you a few tips that you can take and you can use. So here's the setting for our story. Corporate earnings are softening. Let's look at a few sources for this. The S&P 500 reported a decline in earnings of 4.1% in the third straight year-over-year decrease, according to the fact set. Corporate profits decreased $10.6 billion in the second quarter of 2023. That was a compared with a decrease of $121.5 billion in the first quarter. Well, that sounds like good news. That's a decrease, but a less of a decrease. That's the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis. So are we going to have a recession? Are we not going to have a recession? Recession risk is falling. It was at a peak of 65% of analysts saying that we're going to have a recession back in October of 2022, and now we're down to 40. Okay, so maybe that's going to get a little bit better. But we have changes every week in what's happening. And in the midst of all the uncertainty and the pressure on earnings, what's happening with your buyers? Well, companies are laying off, they're cutting costs, they're holding off, and they're delaying decisions. And so the question is, how can you be successful from a sales perspective in the middle of all this? So I'm a student of history. That, that's where I get inspiration for ideas, for innovation. And one thing I've learned from history is that companies and people have made money in any economy, in any business environment. So as much as the information I just gave you gives you a view of the macro environment, you have to ask yourself the question, why aren't you hitting your sales goals as a business or as a team or as an individual and how can you make the shift so you can increase your close rates, so you can increase your revenue? So what kind of things can we do? I want to look at five ways to improve your ability to hit your sales goals. Number one, first, set a more intelligent goal. So how was your number set and how did your organization's number get set? If you're like about 40% of companies, you use history to set your goals looking ahead. It's like looking in the rearview mirror to see what's coming ahead. And one thing we know from recent history since the pandemic is that history is history as far as setting goals. So you can't look back to try to predict the future. So in setting your goals, I want you to look at two important pieces. The first is market opportunity, and the second is sales capacity. So market opportunity is what's out there, not just in the broad market in the country, in the world, across countries, but in what segments you have within certain territories, what offers you're selling, and what the macro factors might be in those markets. So things like regulation or shifts in economy or shifts in buyer preference in those markets. So you want to understand what's available or the market opportunity. So we don't do this off enough. What we look at for market opportunity and the surrogate for market opportunity we look at is history. We say, well, what did we do in that market? And let's increase that 5% or 10% or pick your number. Well, that's not market opportunity. That's the past. So look at market opportunity and what the potential is to retain what you have, to grow your existing customers, and to acquire new customers. So that's piece number one in setting a better goal, which is market opportunity. Let's look at the other side for a second, sales capacity. So if you have market opportunity, you need sales capacity to go win some of that opportunity, some portion of that opportunity. 
So we have to make sure we have the right people in place and the right capability to win that opportunity. So there are a few pieces in sales capacity to consider. First, you've got the roles that you're using in your organization. So are you using direct sales roles that are employed by the company? Are you using channels? How does, how does your go-to-market uh, coverage model work? Time allocation. How much time are people spending on actually selling? And most sales organizations spend about half their time selling. So big opportunity there. Workload. How long does it take to close an account or to manage a current customer? And then, of course, talent. So what can we do to improve our talent and what kind of talent do we currently have? And so looking at sales capacity and matching that up with market opportunity will help you to set a more intelligent goal. So balance those two pieces out. Number two, optimize your levers to get to that goal. So let's dig into sales capacity a little bit. So I mentioned some of the components. You can pull these levers with your sales organization to actually improve their ability to get to that goal. So Number one is decontaminating your sales roles to increase selling time. Like I said, salespeople spend about half their time not selling. Well, what are they doing? They're doing things like service activities, operations activities, uh, maybe travel, other things that maybe sort of look like selling, but they're not really selling. And you'll be amazed if you do a little time allocation study. We use a tool called Sales Time Optimizer. What you'll find and what you want to do is you want to identify what kind of activities you need to continue, what kind of activities you need to stop, what kind of activities you need to shift to other resources that maybe are lower cost resources or resources that are better fit to do those things. Uh, what kind of process changes can you make to decontaminate sales rules? So sales time allocation is your first stop in terms of increasing sales capacity. So check that piece out. Shifting time focus by customer or offer. So with that sales time, what are they doing? How are they spending that in terms of which customers they're working with or which offers they're working with? So if you have a focus on strategic accounts or you have a focus on selling new customers, are they spending their time doing that? Or are they spending their time managing current customers because that's what they're comfortable doing? If you have a focus on selling services in addition to your products, are they actually selling those services? Are they motivated to do that? Do they know how to do that? So where are they spending their time by customer and by offer? I mentioned workload. Well, let's talk about improving pipeline management to decrease your sales workload. Pipeline management is basically looking at what's coming in at the top of the pipeline or the top of the funnel, and what's the velocity of that moving through the funnel, and how do you manage that so you're not carrying a ton of opportunities at all levels? So let me explain that a little bit more. It's really comfortable for a salesperson to have a lot of opportunities in their funnel because it's kind of beefy. It's bulky, right? There's lots to talk about in those pipeline review meetings. I have a lot of different opportunities I can talk about. But the problem is we're carrying too many of those through too far, and it's taking too much time, back to the time allocation, it's taking too much time to manage those to get to a win or a loss. So if we can qualify earlier and move them out of the pipeline earlier, that's better. So what we want is we don't want a bulky pipeline. We want a lean pipeline because every opportunity we can move out quickly is one less opportunity that we have to then spend time managing that's not going to close. And that's counterintuitive for a lot of salespeople because you want to have all that bulk in your pipeline. So make your pipeline lean and mean. And then evaluate and upgrade your talent. So when you look at the roles that you have and the roles that you need, 
what kind of talent do you need in those roles? And do you have people that can do what you need to do? So take an inventory of what you have right now. Look at the competencies, the skills, the abilities that they need to have. Use good assessment tools for that inventory. And then look at how you're going to upgrade that talent, either by moving them to new roles within the company, moving them out of the company, or training them up if they're high potentials. So ask the question on your talent, and I love this question. Would I hire them again today? That kind of cuts to the point, right? So if your answer is no, then you have some hard decisions to make around talent. Number three, develop an aspirational account strategy. So we all know about account planning. Account planning is important to grow the business. You've got to do account planning every year for your strategic accounts. The problem is it becomes kind of a rote exercise where people are filling out sheets of different colors, whether they're gold or green or blue or whatever they are. And it becomes a process where we're just kind of going through the motions and it ends up going in the file cabinet or into a file on your computer. And then you pull it out next year and you go, man, do we even do any of this stuff? And so that's what account planning becomes. So people become jaded and it becomes kind of a perfunctory process. That's what we don't want. Account planning really needs to look at how we can become aspirational. So we have an approach we developed at Sales Globe called aspirational account planning to help teams understand the customer's story, define aspirations for themselves and for their customer, become better problem solvers with the customer. That's becoming a major differentiator now and dramatically increase their sales results. So it's not a planned structure. It's not history projected forward. It's not a tool, although there are tools involved, but it's how you and your team think. It's how they think big. It's how they think about what they want for their future. It's how they can change their customer's paradigm and how the customer sees us differently as a partner. And it's how they develop actions and partner with the customer moving ahead. So I want you to look at a few transformational points as you look at your account planning. How do you uncover unknown opportunities? So how do you understand the story of the customer and find opportunities they may not be aware of and you may not be aware of that you can partner with in a bigger way? Thinking bigger and changing the paradigm with your customers. So how do you get them to think differently about you by putting out big, audacious goals in front of them that you can actually accomplish, not just next year, but over a three to five year period? You want them to look at you and go, wow, I, I hadn't considered you being able to do that before. You, that can take you to a new place with your customer. Creating a goal build pipeline and a pursuit pipeline. So when you have these big goals, how are you going to get to them? So you should be able to build that pipeline, not so it's two times to three times what you need to close during the year, but two times to three times what you need to close as the year starts. And if you can identify that and go through a problem solving creative process to put the components together to find things in terms of how you work with the customer, how you partner with other companies to work with the customer, how you think about them differently. You can find things that you haven't considered if you put that thinking time in with your team. Building accountability, so making sure everybody knows what they need to do with the account plan. It's not just an exercise for the account leader where the team comes in for the day and the account leader gets saddled with the account plan for the rest of the year, but it's accountability for who's going to do what in the account plan process. And then finally, a really important point, getting to the C-level in your customer. So how do you migrate up to the C-level or whatever the sponsor level is in your customer? And how do you get access? And then most importantly, how do you stay relevant and continue to work there to make a difference? 
So some points to consider around your account planning to make that more aspirational, bring it to life, and actually get some big results from it. Number four, build your position as a problem solver with your customer through better discovery conversations. So the role of the traditional sales rep is gone. Customers know more sooner. They're better informed. And so the idea of representing like a sales rep, the product or representing the company is gone. The discovery conversation has 10 steps in it, but there are really three pieces that the salesperson needs to master. The first is learning from the customer and empathizing with what the customer is dealing with. So very often we go into a sales call, a sales meeting, we want to talk about what we do and, and how we can help them before we actually understand what they're trying to deal with. Or maybe we heard what they're dealing with and we assume that we understand that. So learning is about active listening. Learning is about understanding their issues. And then part of empathizing is being able to put that together and simplify that for them and show them maybe another way to think about that. So you've got 12 issues, Mr. Customer. Well, actually, it kind of comes into these three or four pieces, and here's how they fit together. Oh, I've never thought about it that way, right? So we're, we're empathizing, we're coming back with that customer, and we're helping them think about that at a next level. The second piece is making the turn to your competence. So once you demonstrate that you understand what they're dealing with and you can help them start to think through it, then you're turning to your competence about what you can do. No, you don't bring out the brochures at this point. What you're doing is you're talking about how you can help them solve that problem. And then the third is creating a vision with them, a common vision, and an action plan. So what are you actually going to do? So then you're aligning on that vision. In fact, we do that visually, and then the customer can connect with your view or your collective view of the problem. So we have a great course called How to Have an Effective Sales Discovery Conversation. It's on LinkedIn Learning. You can check that out and it will take you through those steps and it'll teach you how to do that to get started. And number five, consider your coverage model. So as buyers have evolved, the best way to work with your buyers has changed as well. That's been post-pandemic, but it's been also an evolution in terms of how buyers think and how buyers make decisions. So we've moved over time from field sales to telephone sales. Remember, they called it telephone sales years ago or telesales. Then we went to teleweb, where they could actually be on the phone and they could be on the computer at the same time doing chat. And then we had bots, where they actually weren't real people. They were chatting with you, but they weren't real people. And then it's all online. So you don't even need to talk to a real person or even see a real person. We've got hybrid sellers now, right? And hybrid is not a hunter-farmer combination anymore. Hybrid is somebody who's working in the field, and they're also working online, and they're covering different types of territories. And now we're at the point of omni-channel. So omni-channel means the customer wants to buy through different channels in any way they want to determine. So they may want to do retail and then go back home and, and, and look at uh, something online and make a decision there. Or a B2B customer may do the same thing. They may want to talk to somebody in person and make a decision uh, online or maybe through a channel partner. So how do we deal with omni-channel situations? So we need to meet the buyer where they are. So your coverage model may need to change. So three things to consider on your coverage model. Are your roles aligned to the customer at each point in the discovery and the buying and the decision-making and the retention process? So as those roles have changed, you need to make sure that they're aligned with the customer's buying process and their expectations 
and what your sales process should look like. The next piece is the sales process. That's evolved as the buying process has evolved. So as customer expectations have changed, have, as they've changed how they make decisions, we have to change our sales process to match the change in the buying process. So take a fresh look at that. Make sure that it's lined up correctly by customer segment and by offer. And then rules of engagement. So you've got a sales process matching the customer buying process and their expectations. And then you've got certain roles that are working within that sales process. Well, you have to have rules of engagement for how these players on the field actually work along with each other so we're not overlapping and we don't have gaps and we're, we're not missing things. So I've seen previously great sales processes and coverage models that have become obsolete while the company continues to pound away at the old way. So, for example, cold calling and lead generation processes that just don't work anymore. We have a client that said, you know, we, our people keep cold calling, but it's not working anymore. We need to put more people on the phones. Well, no, your customers don't buy that way anymore. In fact, they don't learn that way anymore. They already know uh, everything they need to know at that point. So you need to make a shift from your cold calling and lead gen process to something new. Sales processes that are too front-end loaded on representing the product or representing the company, remember the sales rep, it's not about providing information anymore. It's about discovery and understanding the customer and problem-solving to differentiate. Roles that are misaligned, where you have critical strategies like new customer selling. So you've got farmers that won't hunt or don't know how to hunt, or you've got cross-selling strategies where your people aren't cross-selling because they see risk in it, or they don't have the knowledge, or they can't cross-sell because their buyers aren't the right buyers for the cross-sell, or roles or talent that can't get to the C-level, like I mentioned before. So they can't survive and be relevant at the C-level, so they're working at the, the procurement or the purchasing level. So I've given you five initial starting points to look at to increase your revenue and hit your goal. So set it a more intelligent goal, optimize your levers to get to that goal, develop an aspirational account strategy, build your position as a problem solver through better discovery conversations, and then consider your coverage model. So next time when you wonder why you or your team aren't reaching or exceeding your goal, consider these problem solving ideas in your work and try them in your free to Friday and every day.